For the past few months, we have been engaged in a winter sermon series, Grumpy Old Men, as we have been exploring three of the Old Testament prophets. So far, we have looked at Amos and Hosea, and today we begin our exploration of Jeremiah. For those of you who remember Three Dog Night, no, Jeremiah wasn't a bullfrog. He was construed by the end of his life as a grumpy old man because he, like Amos and Hosea, knew that God was not happy with the people of Israel and he let them know it. I said he was a grumpy old man toward the end of of, uh, his career as a prophet because his preaching spanned a period of 46 years from 626 to 580 B.C. And remember that he was well over a 100 years after the time of both Amos and Hosea that he prophesied. Jeremiah was a soul in pain. He urged his people to repent. Some of his themes are similar to Hosea. Idolatrous worship and immoral conduct were real problems. And when it came to animal sacrifices, he said that the people may as well eat their sacrifices as they were of no value to God. God does not want animal sacrifices, but obedience. And getting people to change is no easy feat. Jeremiah knew how entrenched the behavior of his culture had become. People weren't responding. The alarm of war was sounded in order to call unfaithful Israel to repentance. In the first two verses of our first text, Jeremiah says, Your ways and your doings have brought this upon you. This is your doom. How bitter it is. It has reached your very heart. My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent. I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. The early part of Jeremiah's preaching reflects his admiration for and the influence of Hosea. Hosea, you will recall, used the marriage relationship to describe God's relationship with Israel. Here, Jeremiah, in chapter 2, verse 2. I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. And, of course, the reference is the 40 years in the wilderness after Moses led them out of slavery from Egypt. But now, after some generations, the people had gotten lax and had slipped into easier ways of living, especially when it came to their religious practices and beliefs. To have someone call them to repentance and change was threatening and certainly not comfortable. Jeremiah knew how hard it was to get people to change. The people had so gradually drifted, they had no idea what was wrong with what they were doing. I mean, after all, 
everyone was doing it. The first and worst of all delusions is to fool oneself. All sin after that is easy and not even sensed by the self as sin. (laughs) Someone who was caught stealing told the judge that he shouldn't have stolen the woman's purse, but he said he felt the change would do him good. From Winnie the Pooh fame, here is Edward Bear coming downstairs. Now, bump, bump, bump. On the back of his head, bump, 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 behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes Pooh feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. You know, sometimes I think we can sort of be like that in our behaviors without hardly being aware of it. Our habits are so ritualized and regularized and cherished for familiarity that we never stop bumping long enough to think of another way. Today's sermon title is Rethinking Your Ways. In Koine Greek, which is the Greek of the New Testament, repentance originally meant a change of mind and direction, and not just a vague sentimental sense of being sorry. Repentance, says Old Testament scholar James Meilenberg, is a matter of radical change and conduct and thought and inward reversal of life. When it comes to sin and doing what's right in general, I think most people want to make good choices and would rather not do things displeasing to God. But they either aren't aware of the consequences of what they are doing in specific or they simply don't know how to. Changing or rethinking your ways is not easy. Knowing that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul, and our neighbor as ourself is one thing. Translating that into the fabric of our daily lives is quite another when it comes to every single thought we have and every action we take. Rethinking your ways for all of your days is not easy. Jeremiah had a heart. Jeremiah had a heart that reached out to God and to his people. Jeremiah had sympathy for both. Standing before the people, he pleaded for God. And standing before God, he pleaded for his people. In chapter 1820, he speaks to God saying, Remember how I stood before you to turn away your wrath from them? First, he had to challenge and foretell of doom, and only after that could he offer hope and build and plant. In the first part of chapter 18, our text for today, we have the wonderful imagery of the potter and the clay. The potter took a spoiled vessel and reworked it 
as it seemed good to him. And Jeremiah used that metaphor for God's relationship with Israel to say that there could be another chance. Through Jeremiah's voice, the Lord speaks in verses 7, 8, and 9 of that chapter 18. At one moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And in another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. I now want to make what seems to me the most startling and powerful point of today's message. Up until now, we have been addressing the people's sin and, and our sin, the people's repentance and our repentance, and how difficult it can be to change. But now, it is God who has a change of mind. Imagine God rethinking God's ways. I will change my mind, says the Lord, about the disaster that I intended to bring on Israel. If ways are changed on Israel's part, do you see how relational it all becomes? God is not just this high and mighty ruler ruling with laws where we either follow them or don't and are therefore either in or out. God cares. God loves enough to want us back in a right, loving, and faithful relationship. A king had a son who had gone astray from his father, a journey of some hundred days. His friends said to him, Return to your father. He said, I cannot. Then his father, upon hearing it, sent someone to say, Return as far as you can, and I will come to you the rest of the way. So God says, Return to me, and I will come to you. That is rethinking your ways. We can only become a new kind of person if we see with some new kind of perspective. But giving up old glasses, the old lenses, the old comfortable ways of seeing is not easy. The last verse of our text says, Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we could add of the South Bay, Thus says the Lord, Look, look, I am the potter. I am the potter. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. To which the theologian Frederick Beekner can say in his book, Wishful Thinking, I wish that there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again, 
where all our mistakes and all our heartaches and all our poor, selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. We are entering the land of beginning again when we are truly rethinking our ways. The major thrust today is found in our text beginning with that, with what surely feels like a grumpy old man. Your ways and your doings have brought this upon you. This is your doom. How bitter it is. It has reached your very heart. Jeremiah is saying, we will get the consequences of our ways. But chapter 18 offers a softer, compassionate view beneath the gruff exterior by lifting up the image of a potter and a refashioned pot. This is the major thrust that God rethinks God's ways. Will we? Will we? Jeremiah gives us a new word and a new way of seeing. And God rethinks God's ways with us, and thus we need to rethink our ways with God and with one another. But it is only God in the reconnecting, the reconciling of our relationship who can give us a new heart. Rethinking your ways is critical. And not only until then, and only then, can God participate fully in your life. In your life. Let us pray. O God, creator of all things, you are perpetually renewing the face of the world and have created us new in Jesus Christ. Grant that in our worship of you and in communion with you, your created energy may more and more flood our lives so that we may play our part in the fulfillment of your purpose, which transcends all that we can think or understand. Amen.